Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise. We give you all the glory, Lord. We bless your holy name. As we're about to share your word, Father, we pray that every heart will be a good grounds for your word. Lord, I pray that you take absolute control of my thought to God, that you speak to your people. I ask for utterance, Lord, that you'll be glorified this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Right. This morning, I want to speak to you the message I've titled, Get Into the Place of No Return. And we're going to read from the book of Ruth. So if you have your Bibles, you can take to Ruth. Ruth chapter 1 verse 6. I'm going to read from verse 6. I'm going to read a long passage and then I'll go into the word. If you have your phones, if you have your tablet, your Bible, you can turn to Ruth chapter 1. The title I said is Getting to the Point of No Return. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. Therefore she went out from the place where she was and had two daughters-in-law with her. And they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house and the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest each in the house of her husband. So she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. Then they said to her, Surely we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why would you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb, that they may be your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go. For I am too old to have a husband. And if I should say I have hope, and if I should have a husband tonight, and should also bear sons, will you wait for them till they were grown? Will you restrain yourself from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Verse 14. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Opa kissed her mother-in-law. But Ruth clung to her. And she said, Look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave or turn back from following you. For wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more. Also, if anything but death parts you and me. Verse 18. And when she saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. Now, 
the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. And it happened when they had come to Bethlehem that all the city was excited because of them. The woman said, Is this Naomi? But she said to them, Do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full and the Lord has brought me home empty. Why do you call me Naomi? Since the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has afflicted me. So Naomi returned and Ruth, the Moabite, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab. Now they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of Ben Harvest. Amen. I read a very long passage. I'm sure most of you are very familiar with this. So this is a story about a man called Elimelech, who, who is from the city of Bethlehem. And the Bible tells us that there came a time in Bethlehem. Bethlehem, the meaning of Bethlehem is the house of bread. But however, there came a time in Bethlehem that there was famine. And so together with his family, they went to a, a place called Moab. Now, in the history of the Bible, if you pay attention to the city of Moab, Moab is known for idol worship. They do not worship the God of Israel. And so when uh, Elimelech and his family, his wife, Naomi, went into the city of Moab, the Bible says they had two sons. And the sons found um, wives in that city. However, in, in the passage of time, the husband died. Elimelech died. And the two sons also died. And so he was left with Naomi and the two wives, or the wives of his, uh, her sons. And so Naomi heard that, from where I started reading from, Naomi heard that there was bread again in Bethlehem. So she decided to go back to Bethlehem. And so as she was going back, the two daughters-in-law decided that they were going to follow her. And so I'm going to use the two daughters-in-law as a metaphor or as a representation of a believer. So Opa is one type of a believer. Ruth is one type of a believer. So they were both determined to follow the mother, the, their mother-in-law. Just like every child of God, every believer is determined to follow Jesus Christ and to follow God. But what will be your point of no return? What will cause you to turn back from Jesus Christ? So Opa said, I am going to follow you. I'm going to go with you. But the question is, how far are you willing to go? She said that she was willing to forsake her family. She was willing to forsake her gods. Now, you have to understand that Moab is a city of idol worship. And so for an Israelite to be married to somebody who is, um, who is a Moabite, the person has to accept the tradition of the Israelite. The person has to accept the God of the Israelite. So as long as their husbands were alive, they were serving the God of the Israelites. And so turning back meant that they were not just leaving their mother-in-law, but they are leaving the God of the Israelites back to their gods. If you pay attention to verse 14, the mother Naomi said that your sister-in-law has turned back to her gods. It means that she was turning away from um, the God of the Israelites to her own gods again. And that is why the story... If you look at it that way, the story makes sense. Why they shouldn't have left. Why they should have stayed. So, Alpha is one type of a believer who, has, who is determined to follow, to follow God. But however, the story or whatever her mother-in-law shared with her made sense 
the fact that there was no way you were going to get a husband from me. Now, the tradition of that time was that when somebody dies, their brother can marry their wife so that the name of the brother will continue. They will, when they give birth, they will carry the legacy of the brother on. However, this woman had only two sons, and both of them were dead. And so the woman said, even if I should find a husband now and give birth to a son now, are you girls going to wait for them to grow and then marry them? And so just go back. Go to your God. Go to your land. And that makes so much sense that you want to go back. Now let's bring it. Let's apply that to our lives today as believers. There are so many arguments that people have out there that make sense. So many reasons that people give why they don't want to serve God. They don't want to worship God. We live in a generation where we want scientific proofs for everything before we accept them. But you see, anything that, if when we talk about, some, when we talk about faith or believing, as you are looking at me right now, you can't say that you believe that I'm standing here. Why? Because you see that I'm standing here. And so you know that I'm standing here because you see. So if you are going to believe, believe and faith are, are things that you do not see. So as a believer, you don't have to see before you believe. You don't have to say that I want to see God before I believe him. I want to see Jesus Christ with my own eyes before I believe what the Bible is saying. But we live in a generation where rationalization has taken over. And we want to rationalize everything. We want to have an explanation for everything. There are things that are spiritual that cannot be explained. We have to believe them. And the Bible, that's why the Bible says that blessed is the one who believes even though they have not seen. If we are waiting to see God before we believe, it might be too late. Yes, we are going to see God sometime, but it might be too late. When Jesus Christ descends, it will be too late for you to believe. And that is why we have to believe now. We shouldn't expect to have scientific proofs. We shouldn't expect that our minds will be able to understand everything. We cannot rationalize everything so far as faith is concerned. And I'm not saying that we should do, we should do away with our thinking or our, our minds. But there are things that our carnal minds cannot explain. And so, as we go through this generation where they are preaching a gospel called the Reformed Gospel, which seeks to rationalize everything that happens. If we don't take care, we'll be walking away from God. And so the explanation that Naomi gave to the daughters-in-law made sense that even if I should give birth today, there's no way you ladies can wait till they are old enough for you to marry. So you just go back to your family. So what definition or what explanation or what logic will cause you to walk away from God? There are so many arguments there. There are so many doctrines now. There are so many teachings now. There are so many ideas now. Naturally, inherently, we are created to identify with something. And so, if you don't decide that you are going to identify with God and with the Word of God, there will be something that will occupy that space. So, Opa was determined to follow the mother-in-law, but as she explained to her, that she wasn't going to give birth now. It wasn't possible for her to give birth now for her to, to have a husband. She decided that she was going to turn back. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, that it says, Know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. 
Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, traitors, headstrong. Now, traitors is the word that I want us to focus on. Other versions say they will not be covenant keepers. It means they will promise you, but they will not keep their promise. And so today, almost every relationship is very fluid. People are committed today and the next day they go out of commitment. They promise that they are going to stay with you forever. The next day they change their mind. And it's all signs of the end times because the Bible has said that these things are going to happen. That men are not going to, they'll be covenant breakers. That's what the old King James says. That people will enter into a covenant with you and they'll break their covenant. That is what the Bible says concerning the end time. And so right now, people go to meetings. Some people have decided that before they make you their friend, they will make sure that you have to sign a document that you are not going to disclose anything about them to some, some, somebody else. So non-disclosure documents you have to sign. People go to meetings. Even pastors go to meetings and everybody's made to sign non-disclosure document because people cannot trust people anymore. People don't keep their word and don't keep their promise. And so somebody will say, I'm a Christian today. And remember, everything that we experience in the world comes into the kingdom of God. People bring it into the church and into the kingdom of God. So the lifestyles that you see outside, when you go to a city, the lifestyles that you see outside the church, they bring it inside the church. But it takes the word of God to transform them and take those lifestyles out of, out of their heart. And so Bible says that in the end times, people are, people are going to be Proud people are going to be headstrong. People are going to be traitors. They are not going to keep their word. And so Opa started up keeping her word that I am going to go with you. Just like every child of God is determined to follow God. But however, when the mother-in-law gave her a reasonable explanation why she should not follow her, she turned her back. In Matthew chapter 24, the Bible says, Because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. We live in, a, in, a, in a, a dispensation where there's a lot of lawlessness. People want to do anything they want. People have stopped glorifying God in their lives. And the Bible says that because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. So there will be Christians who are genuinely in love with God. But because of the lawlessness around them, if they don't pay attention to their faith and to the word of God, they will grow cold. So there are many people who are backsliding today because of the lawlessness around them. Now the Bible tells us about Lot. That Lot, because he dwelt in Sodom and Gomorrah, in a city where there was so much sin, he vexed his soul. In 2 Peter, the Bible says, And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them into destruction, making them an example to those who afterward will live ungodly life and deliver the righteous law. Who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. And so, the wickedness that goes on around believers oppresses them. It vexes their soul. That is why we have to be prayerful. We cannot be casual about our faith. You cannot just confess that I'm a believer and not pray. You cannot just confess that I'm a believer and not read the word. Commitment to, the, to God and to the kingdom of God means that every single day of your life, you are working on your faith. Every single day of your life, you are drawing yourself closer to God because we live 
in a society, we live in a dispensation where people are very godless. And if we don't pay attention to our faith, it is going to affect us. So that is why the Lord's wife, when they were coming out of Sodom, she thought about all the things that she was leaving behind. Because everything that was going on in the city has gone inside her heart. It has entered inside her heart that she couldn't let it go. And so if we don't come to the word of God every day to renew our hearts, the things that go around us will fill, the things that go on around us will fill our heart and will take us away from God. Whatever you feed your mind on, you become. Whatever you feed your spirit with, that's what you become. And that is why the Bible tells us that we should feed ourselves with the word of God. That's what the Bible tells us. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. It means the word of God has to be abundant in your life. It has to be abundant in you. It has to overflow in your heart. Because if you look at all the things that you hear on a daily basis, the news, the movies you watch, all those things are bringing information, ideas, and other things into your heart. So if you don't make the word of God the foundation of your heart, all those things that are going inside your heart are going to transform your heart. Now, when people want to push an agenda, watch. They put it in the movies. So don't just say that you are just entertaining yourself. This is information that people, as you continue to see it, it becomes normal to your mind. And that is why we have to be careful. We have to make sure that we listen to the word of God. We read the word of God every single day. We cannot be casual Christians. In the world that we live in today, we cannot be casual Christians. It's either we are, we are hot or we are cold. We cannot be in the middle. We cannot just say that, oh, I'm not like a serious believer. I'm not like a very a Christian who is so much on fire for God. There is no middle ground. So you are either cold or you are hot. And you choose to be hot. Because if you decide that I am a practicing Christian, I am a believer, I'm a child of God, then you need to go all out. So what is your point that you are going to turn your back? Like Oprah. She was determined to go because her mother, their mother-in-law had been so nice to her. And she said, I'm going to go with you. But she got to the point that she couldn't go on further. So Ruth is also a metaphor or an example of a believer who is determined to follow Jesus Christ. She has set her mind that nothing is going to take her away from Jesus Christ. She has set her mind that she's going to follow Jesus Christ. Now let's look at the things that she said. She said, entreat me not to leave. As a child of God, when you come to Jesus Christ, decide that nothing is going to cause me to leave. The Bible says, what shall separate us from the love of God? Decide that no matter what happens, as long as their husbands were alive, they still stayed with the God of Israel. But when their husbands died, Opa went back to their God, to her people. And so as long as things are okay and things are rosy, Christians, most people will remain Christians. As long as they have all their prayers answered, as long as they have everything they are looking for, they will remain Christians. Because today, a lot of people become Christians with the, with the promise that they are going to have everything in this world. But the Bible says, if it is in this world only that we, we believe in Christ, then we are, the, we are the most pitied among all the people in the world. 
So if you are believing God just because you want to become rich, you are believing God just because you want to live in a big house, you want to own a big car, if this is the only reason why you are believing God, then the Bible says you are among the most pitied among men. Because there are a lot of people who have all these things who don't have anything to do with Jesus Christ. There are a lot of very rich, there are a lot of rich people who are very rich, people who own very big houses, very nice cars, private jets, and they don't know Jesus Christ. So if you are saying that I'm coming to Jesus Christ so that I'll be rich, then the Bible says you are among men the most pitied. Means you are just wasting your time. But we follow Jesus Christ for something that is eternal, something that money cannot buy. That is why we are following him. Eternal life. There's no amount of money that can buy eternal life. There are people who are very rich, but when they are, when they are dying, if they are asked to give up all their money so that they, are li- they can preserve their lives, they will do it. But at that point, money has no use. We are going to leave everything behind. But our soul, that, is going to fa- that, is, that will come face to face with God. It's what we should be thinking about. And so we should not think that when we come to God, I'm, and I'm not saying that when you come to God, He's unable to bless you. No, I believe strongly that God can bless you with everything that you want. God is able to bless you. I personally believe that God is able to prosper His people. There is nothing God cannot do. Everything on earth belongs to God. Yes, He can bless you, but that's, that is not the reason why we come to Him. But we come to God for the salvation of our soul. So Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave or turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go. Ruth said, I am committed to this journey. I know some of us have become Christian for 15 years, 20 years, 10 years, 5 years. Ruth said, I am committed to the journey. I am going with you to the end. And I want you as a Christian to come to that place. And you tell yourself, I am committed to this Christian journey. I am going all out for Christ. I am not going to stand in the middle. I am going all out to the end. You have to take that decision that nothing can separate you from God. No matter what you go through, the crisis, the challenges, no matter what you face, no matter what the world around you becomes, decide that nothing is going to take you away from God. And so Joshua said in Joshua chapter 24, he said, and if it seems evil unto you to serve God, choose you this day. And so you have to make a choice. As you are alive today, decide that you are going to follow Jesus Christ. And nothing will be able to separate you. So Ruth said, entreat me not to leave. Or turn back from falling after you. For where you go, I will go. And she said, and wherever you lodge, I will lodge. It means that I am going to dwell with you. As a believer, you need to come to the place where you decide that not only am I going on this journey full, I'm not, I'm, not only am I going all out on this journey, but I am dwelling in the presence of God. So she said that wherever you live, that is where I will live. Wherever you lodge, that's where I will lodge. Determine that you are going to dwell in the presence of God. David said that one day in the presence of God is more than a thousand days. A thousand days elsewhere. And be determined that you are going to dwell in the presence of God. You are going on the journey with God and you are dwelling in his presence. So you are not a believer who one day will walk out of the presence of God, go and do all sort of things and then come back to his presence. But she said, wherever you lodge, that is where I'm going to lodge. 
It means I am going to stay with you. I am not leaving your presence. I am going on this journey with you and I am going to stay with you. And she said, your people will be my people. As believers, as children of God, we have to know that believers all around the world are our brothers and our sisters. Today, there is so much division in the kingdom of God. There is so much division among believers. But Jesus Christ said, the only way the world will know that we belong to him is when we love one another. And so you have to see every believer as your brother and as your sister. Irrespective of their color, irrespective of their, uh, um, their status, you have to see them as your brother. She said, your people are going to become my people. And most importantly, she said, your God is going to become my God. And this is where Orpah did not do well enough. Because when she returned back into Moab, she was returning back to her gods. She was returning back to her land, to her people, and to the gods that she was serving before she got married. But Naomi said, your God is going to become my God. She was determined to go with, I'm sorry, Ruth said, your God is going to become my God. She was determined to go with Ruth to the end. She said, where you die, I will die. All she was saying is that nothing is going to separate us except death. As children of God, we need to come to that place where we take the decision that nothing, nobody can introduce any teaching to us, any doctrine to us, any idea to us that will take us away from the presence. No amount of money we get will cause us to stop serving God. We have to take that decision. If you have any doubt in your mind concerning your faith, you have to use this week to search the scriptures and settle in your heart that you have gotten to the point of no return. As you have decided to give your life to Jesus Christ, there is no turning back. The Bible says, and those who believe, those who endure to the end will be rewarded. There is no reward for half labor. If you, you, you do something and you don't finish it, there is no reward. If you decide that, oh, I started very well following Jesus Christ, but I could not follow to the end, there is no reward for you. Because the Bible says, the one who endured to the end will be rewarded. And so Ruth is also a metaphor of a believer who is determined to follow God. And she decided that she was not going to turn back. No matter how unattractive the path looked, she said, I am still going. Because I believe probably they were the same age. And there was no prospect of a husband. Even if Naomi was to have a husband and then give birth, there was no prospect of their son growing old for them to marry. The only thing that brought them together was marriage. And now that their sons were, um, this, um, their husbands were not alive, they had no need to commit themselves. However, Ruth said that even though this path looks unattractive, even though this journey looks unattractive, even though today, as we are serving God, it looks so unattractive to the people of the world. People don't care about Jesus Christ. People, don't, people are offended by the name of Jesus Christ. It looks unattractive to tell people that I'm a Christian. 
People will not praise you for saying you are a Christian. They will rather walk away from you or look down upon you. It might look unattractive. But Ruth said, no matter how unattractive this path looks like, no matter how this path looks unpromising, because there is no hope for me, but I know that as I continue to walk with you, I am walking with the God of Israel. And that is why I'll continue to follow you. And so Ruth's commitment to Naomi was not just a commitment to her, but the commitment to the God of Israel. And so Naomi said, you have come to the God of Israel and under the wings of the God of Israel. So Ruth was committed no matter what happens. As believers, we have to commit ourselves to our faith no matter what happens. Our commitment is not to a church. Our commitment is to God. And we need to have that strong commitment to God. Our commitment is not to a denomination. Today, you have people who are more committed to the man of God than to God. We have people who are more committed to their denomination. And so anybody who is not in their denomination is going to hell. Anybody who is not in their denomination is not their brother, it's not their sister. But that's not what the Bible teaches us. The Bible says the only way men will know that we belong to Jesus Christ and we are followers of Jesus Christ is when we love one another. And so it doesn't matter the denomination of the person. It doesn't matter the church. When we get into heaven, there will be no denomination. There will be no churches. We will all be called people of God. We are all part of the body of Christ. And so you need to see the person who attends the other church or the next church as somebody who is part of the body of Christ. And you need to love that person just like you will love your own body. Love that person just like you will love people in your church. Ruth said, your people were going to become my people. Because of her consistency, because she was determined to follow Naomi, today we are still talking about Ruth. And there are only two... um, books of the Bible that are named after women, and one of them is Ruth. Why? Because of the decision she took to follow Naomi to the end. Today we are still talking about her. So the Bible says that godliness is profitable in all things because it has promise for the life that we are living now and for the life that is to come. There is a life that is to come after this life. The only way we have any promise in the life that is to come is through Jesus Christ. And that's why I said earlier that let's not limit ourselves to the things that we see now. Because the things that we see now are temporal. They will pass away. Nobody leaves this earth with their car or with their house. But you leave this earth with your soul that is going to stand before God one day. And so, because of the decision that Ruth took, she was part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. So, you look at everything that went on in the story. How Naomi had to lose her husband, lose her two sons. Everything that happened, God used it for his glory. That Ruth ended up in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. She wasn't supposed to be there. When we're talking about the genealogy of Jesus Christ, you see this Gentile in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Why would God include a Gentile in the genealogy of Jesus Christ? It was a message to the world that the Gentiles are part of God's plan of salvation. And so you see a Gentile there, and it was through this story that she ended up being part of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. 
because she decided that she was going to follow through to the end. So that is what Ruth got for following Naomi till the end. But when we follow Christ till the end, we stand to get a better promise. Not just a book written in our honor, not just being part of this, um, the earthly genealogy of Jesus Christ, but we become part of the family of God. As we are seated here today, you should understand that Bible says we are no more strangers when it comes to God. We are no more strangers. We are part of the family of God. We are members of the family of God. You know how when somebody belongs to the royal family, they have a certain mindset and a certain way they think and a certain way they act. You must understand that you are part of the family of God. There is no royal family that can be compared to that family. There is no royal family on earth that can be compared to the family of God. So once you accept Jesus Christ, you become part of the family of God. And when you follow through to the end, one day you are going to encounter Jesus Christ. And so as a believer, you need to resolve in your mind that we, we are going to take the Lord as our God. Like Naomi said, your God is going to be my God. We have to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and personal Savior and decide that we are going to follow through to the end. We are not turning back. No matter what the world offers, the world has nothing for us. This world has nothing for us. That should cause us to move away from our faith. And so I want you to decide this morning that as you have embraced Jesus Christ, you have gotten to the point of no return. There is nothing that is going to separate you from the love of God. In Romans chapter 8 verse 38, Bible says, For I am fully persuaded. As a child of God, you have to come to the, the point where you are fully persuaded. Another word for that is, I am fully convinced. It's not like you are not sure about your faith. You are not sure what is going to happen when you die. You are not sure what is going to happen if Jesus Christ should come today. You should be fully convinced about your faith. So Romans chapter 8 says, I am fully persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor the things present, nor the things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Beloved, let nothing succeed in separating you from the love of God. If there are things that have come between you and your relationship with Jesus Christ, you have to deal with those things. If there are habits, lifestyles that have come between you and your commitment to Jesus Christ, you have to deal with those things and tell yourself that you have gotten to the point of no return. It's impossible for you to return. You have determined that you will follow Jesus Christ to the end. And so we have to be resol- we have to resolve that the Lord is going to be our God. We must take God's people as our people, irrespective of their status or irrespective of their race. Today, There is so much division in this world. We are divided by so many things. Race being one of them. Social status being another one. There are so many reasons. There are so many things that can divide us. But let this thing bring us together. And that is our common faith in Jesus Christ. 
If we share a common faith in Jesus Christ, we need to see anyone who shares that faith as a brother. And once we are able to love people of the faith, we will be able to extend that to people who are outside of the faith. Jesus Christ says the only way people will know that we belong to him is when we love one another. He said the identity of Christians, if you want to identify a Christian, a Christian is somebody who loves another person. That means that you cannot get genuine love outside of the kingdom. That is the truth. There is no genuine. And that's why Jesus said the only identity of a believer is that we love one another. It means you cannot get genuine love out of the out of the kingdom of God. So people might there might be secular people who love, but it is not like the agape love or the love of Christ. The only people who are empowered to demonstrate the love of Christ is a believer. That is why we cannot fail our world. Because the world must learn how to love from us. So there is a burden on us. The world is looking at us to learn how to love the God way. Because God is love. And if we have the nature of God, we have that love nature. We are able to give the God kind of love. The people who don't have God cannot give the God kind of love. It's only a Christian, the one who has God, who can give the God kind of love. So we have to take the lead. We don't have to learn from the world. The world has to learn how to love from us. It's a huge responsibility. We cannot fail our world. We cannot fail our generation. And so we need to be filled with the love of God. And Naomi, Bible says, Naomi clung onto Ruth. I'm sorry, Ruth clung onto Naomi. We have to cleave onto God and decide that we are never going to let him go. As we have discovered the truth from his word, we have to hold on onto God and say we are never going to let him go no matter what. Come what may, we are going to stay here with God. Finally, I want us to read from John chapter 6 verse 68. But Simon Peter answered and said to him, Lord, to whom shall we go? For you have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are Christ, the Son of the living God. This is what Peter said. He said, to whom shall we go? Jesus asked Peter, are you guys also going to leave? Now, let me just give you a little background of this story. So after the miracle of the bread, when the people had eaten bread, all of them started following Jesus Christ. Most of the people who ate the bread started following Jesus Christ. They were following him because of the bread that they had to eat. And Jesus told them, do not work for bread that perish. Today, we spend so much time working for things that will perish. But he says that things that we should work for are the things that do not perish. But we can take those things into eternity. And that is the work, the word of God. And that is our relationship with God. So do not spend your whole life on earth working for things that perish. We should invest our time in our relationship with God. The world has become... The world has... The things that go on in the world, and the world has become the, the model of the world that we operate right now. You can see that we spend more time working on things 
that we cannot take into eternity. If we look at our day and we itemize our day, a greater percentage of our time is spent on things that we cannot take to eternity. And that is why as a child of God, you have to be cautious and be mindful. The world is not going to remind you to read your Bible. The world is not going to remind you to pray. The world is not going to remind you to share the word of God with somebody else. You have to be determined and decide by yourself that you are not going to work, spend all your life on earth. If God gives you 90 years or 100 years to live here on earth, you are not going to spend all that life working for things that perish. The Bible says, let's not spend our life working for bread that perish. So all the guys who ate the bread started following Jesus Christ. And he told them, do not work for bread that perish, but work for the bread that takes you into eternity. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And when Jesus said, I am the bread of life, the people started, they became offended. So who? he said, I am the bread that comes from heaven. And the guys became offended. The people who ate the bread are now offended. That Jesus is saying he is the bread that comes from heaven. And they said, is this not Peter? Is it not Joseph's son? We know his father. We know his mother. Why is he saying that he comes from heaven? And Jesus Christ went on further to say, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you are not part of me or you don't have any part in me. And the people became angry. That what is this guy trying to tell us? That we should eat his flesh. And so they, most of the people who ate the bread, who were following him because of the bread, turned their back. They returned from following Jesus Christ. When they received the miracle, they were all excited and following him. They crossed over the river just to come and listen to him because he had given them bread. So they are believers who are following today because of the miracles. When you read the book of John, The miracles that Jesus Christ performed are called signs. They are signs because they point to the fact that he's the Messiah. And so all the miracles that Jesus performed, the Bible, when you read, um, he says, this is the first sign that Jesus performed. So in the book of John, they are all called signs to point you to the Messiah and to bring you to Jesus Christ. But these people were stuck with the sign and they forgot about the Messiah. Some believers are interested in the miracle and they forget about the Messiah. Some believers are interested in the power of the Holy Spirit and they forget the person of the Holy Spirit. But we should be more interested in the person of the Holy Spirit and the power will follow. Amen. And so the people became offended that Jesus said they should eat his, his flesh and his blood. So most of them returned and they turned back. So Jesus asked the disciples in verse 67, Are you also going to return? And Peter answered in verse 68, Lord, to whom shall we go? So as a child of God, you need to get to the place where you know there is no help from any place. There is no man who can help you. There is no religion on earth that can help you. Peter said, To whom shall we return? He says, you have the words of eternal life. So Peter was interested in eternal life. He was not just interested in the bread. He was not just interested in the miracle. He wasn't interested in the fact that Jesus helped him to to catch a lot of fishes. But he said, to you have the words of eternal life. As we come to God, we must seek 
after eternal life and not just the things that we get from him. So Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are Christ, meaning you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. If you are listening to me this morning, you have to come to the place that Peter got to. You have to resolve in your heart that there is no going back for you. You are stuck here with God. No matter what happens in your life, you know that this is the right choice. This is the right decision. And you are going to follow him to the end. And as we follow him to the end, one day we are going to see him. One day we are going to live forever. The Bible says there is going to be a new heaven and a new earth. But we can only go there if we resolve that we are going to follow Christ to the end. Amen. Shall we bow our heads for a word of prayer? Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise. I want, I want you to pray right now, committing yourself to God, that there is no turning back. You are not going back. You are not returning. But you are going to stay with Him. You are going to stay with God till the end. I want you to pray. Ask for the strength. Ask for the grace to be able to stay with Him till the end. Ask that He will empower you. That He will give you the strength to stay till the end. just want you to pray in your own words there's no going back you're going to stay with him when you turn from the world and you came to Jesus Christ you receive so much joy you receive peace you receive the favor of God I want you to speak to your God this morning I want you to speak to God this morning. Decide that you are not going back. You are not going back to the things that God delivered you from. You are not going to the things that God saved you from. But you are going to commit yourself to Him. If you have walked away from Him, this morning is the right time to ask that He will strengthen you again. The Bible says it is God who worked in us both to will and to do His good pleasure. I want you to pray this morning asking that He will empower you, He will strengthen you to, to carry on to the end. There was a man who they tied, they bound him to, to, um, they bound him to a tree and they were going to burn him. They're going to light up the fire to burn him. So they asked him a question, one more question. They were giving him one more chance to denounce his faith. And they asked him, are you going to denounce your faith now? He responded to them, light the fire. He was ready to burn. He was not going to denounce Jesus Christ. So he asked them to just go ahead and light the fire. Don't waste your time. 
he has gotten to the point of no return. How many of us will get to that point? That even in the face of death, we will still say that we will not denounce our faith. We all have to get to that point. No matter what, we will ask them to light the fire. We are not going to change our mind. We are going to follow him to the end. We have been changed and transformed by his presence and we are not going back. Yes, we are not going back to the world. There's nothing out there in the world to go back to. I want you to reflect. Use this time as a time to strengthen your commitment, to renew your commitment to God. We cannot go back to the world. Father, we give you all the praise. We bless your holy name. Thank you for your word. Thank you for saving us, Lord. We thank you for the grace to stay and not to turn back. Holy Spirit, we pray that you strengthen us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen.